This is Truth Pop Unplugged. So what if that, uh, that tug you're feeling on your heart right now, that, that leap of faith, whatever it is that you're thinking about maybe doing, what if you said yes to that? What if you at least said, okay, I'm going to look into it a little bit more. I'm going to take the next step and discern a little bit more. This is Truth Pop Unplugged. I'm Jake. So glad that you're checking this out. And, you know, I want to highlight two individuals who have said yes to God's calling in their life. You know, they can probably relate to what you might be going through right now, where you're thinking about, okay, should I do this or that? Should I, you know, marry? Should I go into seminary? Or maybe it's a little decision. I know sometimes like it can seem like such a scary decision to make, but here's the thing. God loves you so much. He wants to be a part of that decision. Like God isn't just this guy up in the clouds. and He's like, you know, you can do whatever you want. Just avoid sin. I don't really care what you do. I mean, yeah, God wants us to avoid sin, but he also cares about us enough to have a say. Like he wants to have a say in our happiness. God wants you to be happy. He wants your life to be filled with an adventure. And when we say yes to God's plan, it is an adventure. It can be a crazy roller coaster. You probably have seen that meme on social media. You know, like my idea of life is like, a, you know, kind of just going through a walk in the prairie, but uh, God's idea is like a straight up roller coaster. And it's so exciting to think about, like kind of thinks uh, it makes me think of back to the future. Doc always says, no, w- the one rule is you can't know what's ahead. And that's where that trust, that faith in God comes in that he knows and he wants to help us. He's not going to leave you in the dark. He wants to give you that that mode of confidence. You can rely on his intercession. You can rely on his providence. And he's going to lead you to where your true fulfillment lies. So this episode, we're going to be talking to a guy named Anthony Cirillo. And Anthony is a focus missionary. If you know anything about focus, it's a great campus organization for Catholics. And uh, they're all across the country, even international at this point. If you want to learn more about Focus, you can go to focus.org. But yeah, these um, these missionaries, you know, they they're not going to a f- necessarily all go into a foreign country to do work in you know Uganda or something. No, they're well, they're going to your uh, local state college, you know, out into mission territory there, and they're leading Bible studies and they're just getting to know the college students there and introducing them to a life in Christ. Because as we all know, college can be that really instrumental time where we make that decision as to whether we want to continue to follow God or not. But I'm talking to Anthony in this episode about what it was like for him being on campus and then why he ultimately discerned that God was calling him to be a focus missionary and to sacrifice a few years of his life giving to God and giving to these college students. And you can just tell from listening to this conversation that Anthony is just so filled with the Holy Spirit and ultimately wants to encourage you to be open to the Spirit's leading as well, no matter what that is. But being open to the Spirit and being open to God's will, again, that is the path to happiness. So, Anthony, so glad to be hanging out with you today. Uh, Anthony, you are on campus at the uh, University of Cincinnati, right? Yep, yep, I'm still, yeah, University of Cincinnati. Uh, this is our third year here, Focus is third year. My son Gabe is four. And my daughter, Marie, is two. And then, you know, baby number three can be here any day. So, yeah, it's all kind of come together for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just start there. You know, so in terms of, like, why you decided to become a missionary, I just, like, I really like hearing those stories because when the subject of vocational discernment comes up, it's mm-hmm. immediately assumed that we're talking about either the priesthood, religious mm-hmm. life, or marriage. But 
This is something that I've realized in my own life experiences of discernment, that it's so many other decisions in our life. We need to bring God into that decision. Uh, what was it that initially drew you into that? And if you can just give me an idea of your, your story and how that really piqued your interest. Yeah. So I went to a Catholic university, really mm-hmm. seeking out an education that was going to like not only give me a degree, but like form me uh, as like the whole person and especially like form me. Uh, yeah, like with the mind of Christ and, and being just more familiar with the faith and how to like live that on an everyday basis. And it wasn't quite as automatic as uh, <laughs> I would have imagined uh, when I was, you know, 17 or 18. And um, yeah, we didn't have any focused missionaries at, at Xavier, um, didn't have any familiarity with focus at all. But um, thanks be to God, I, I still, yeah, kind of was trying to be faithful and pursue my faith and um, found myself, yeah, just wanting to grow more in that. So I went to World Youth Day in 2011 after my freshman year of college and was very much, God was still very much kind of like a vending machine to me. Like I want to put my like faithfulness in, you know, go to mass, do these different things, avoid sin. Um, But then he's going to kind of crank out my, you know, desired, you know, treats, if you will, you know, popularity or that amazing, you know, girlfriend or whatever it is. Or I used to play baseball, so it was, I'm going to do, you know, really well on the field or whatever. So anyway, went to World Youth Day in 2011, experienced, yeah, the universal church, you know, it wasn't just about me in the center anymore. It wasn't just, you know, the suburban parish I was raised in, but that the Catholic church is universal, right? Around the entire world. And also, you know, through, through time that, uh, just to see that connection to yeah, the greater yeah, human family. And that was really powerful. I mean, you know, meeting people from every continent, maybe except Antarctica, but you know, <laughs> meeting people from <laughs> meeting people from China, you know, yeah. uh, at one of the catechesis sessions, there was people from, uh, Iraq, like just blowing my mind. And, uh, in particular, there was uh, adoration at the end of World Youth Day um, on this airstrip in Madrid. And uh, to make it brief, like there was a thunderstorm when adoration began, the thunderstorm ended. And it was really like he calmed the storm. And just a moment for me, I remember just kneeling in the mud, just thinking like, this is bigger than just like me, just like what I want from you, Lord. Like I want to want to be under your standard. I want to follow you. I want to be all in, um, for, for you, Lord. And, um, as after my freshman year of college, I didn't really know what that meant, but I basically made the sacraments and prayer and having good friendships a priority. So, uh, I found myself going to daily mass as much as I could Found myself going to confession frequently, praying the rosary frequently and having a small group of friends doing the same thing. And as I, that faithfulness kind of built up those, those different habits and also, you know, working on eradicating sin in my life as mm-hmm. best I could, um, my heart to share Jesus with others, uh, that just continued to grow and continued to swell. And, uh, come senior year of college, I, I was, I studied psychology and business and I met with a local Catholic psychologist and still had no idea what focus was, never heard of it. Never went to a conference, never went to a mission trip, just didn't even know a missionary. Yeah. And met with this psychologist and was looking to like interview him about how he, you know, came to have his own practice. 
And he turned the tables on me immediately and was just like, what are you looking for? <laughs> and wow. and I, I was just like, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to think I might want to be like you. Uh, but I, I said, the one thing I do know is uh, I want to put my faith in the center of my life. And I don't want to work a job where I have to compartmentalize it. Yeah. Um, and he just, I remember him just saying to me, and this is over seven years ago now, he just looked at me and was just like, I don't know why I feel like I just need to tell you about this thing called focus. Wow. And, uh, and you know, so he starts telling me, he talks about, oh, like there's missionaries. And as soon as I hear missionary, I'm like, no, nah, like in my mind, I'm, you know, kind of turn the ears off. Sure. Let's move on to something else. And, um, yeah, but I, I did a little bit of research after that meeting and looked at the website, you know, so a while ago and looked at the missionaries and I was, you know, struck. These seem like, you know, normal people. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, fast forward a couple months, I'd interviewed for some, you know, like leadership training positions, just, you know, typical, sure. uh, stuff like that. And just felt like I was always trying to fit in somewhere that, you know, just wasn't a fit. And I was home <clears throat> with my parents, excuse me, I was home on a fall break and at Sunday mass and, uh, I kid you not, uh, just kneeling in my prayer, this never happens, but I was kneeling before going up to receive communion and I audibly heard focus and it just wow. like, couldn't wipe the smile off my face. That is awesome. Yeah. And I just took that so much as a, as an invitation to apply. And when I applied, I felt so free in my interviews, yeah. you know, they'd ask me a question. I'd be like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I never, yeah, yeah. never feel like I could say that in any other interview. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, you know, felt so free. And then the Lord opened the door, gave me the opportunity and, um, I stepped through it and it's probably the best decision that I, one of the best decisions of my life, you know, besides marrying my wife. I've heard it said before that the safest place you can be is in God's will, that when you're doing God's will, I mean, he might call you to a challenge, but you're always, like you said, going to have that sense of freedom and that sense of, you know, wholeness in life. So I think that's a really cool testimony. And like, I want to get a perspective of what it's been like after that. So after your initial yes, I'm sure you've had to say a lot of other yeses as a focus missionary. So Walk yeah. me through what a daily life yeah. in your life is like as a focus missionary on Cathis. Yeah. That first yes, you know, those little yeses every day is that yes to faithfulness, you know, to Christ and faithfulness to, to prayer. So mm -hmm. it's that uh, we have a commitment to, a, you know, daily mass and daily holy hour. And uh, yeah, so it's it's waking up and saying that yes, you know, for me it's there's usually a 8 a.m. daily mass and then we have holy hour following that, you know, and uh, it's that first yes, you know, the, the most important one-on-one -on -one of my day is with the Lord, um, and you know, orienting my day around around that at first, and and then yeah, I'd say uh, with COVID it's a little different, right? You know? <laughs> um, but but the yes to um, you know, for me as a team director, I, I manage my team. So I, I lead, you know, in the morning, we'll do some formation or a, a meeting or working on fundraising. Those are yeses to, to commitments that we've made um, to, to do our job well. You know, we, yeah. we don't just go and do whatever on campus. Like we, we take time to think about it, pray about what we're doing and uh, be organized and 
Um, and then, you know, we have to take that time to do the fundraising. And that's a, that's a yes that for many is, you know, can be really scary and uncomfortable. Uh, but it's been a way that I've, uh, just seen the Lord provide in amazing ways. Um, and really helped form me as well to step outside of my comfort zone. So like the same, yes, I, I give to make a phone call to someone I don't know who to ask them to support my family, mm-hmm. you know, financially, that's a very similar muscle that is, you know, to when walking on campus, you know, going up to a student and I'm just a stranger and striking up conversation with them and yeah. maybe trying to intentionally move that conversation uh, to something spiritual uh, and maybe invite them to something. Uh, it's the same muscles and it's that same just, um, yeah, working the same things and saying those little yeses and with the hope that uh, when I make that phone call to a potential mission partner, or I make that that invitation to maybe that new person on the street that, that just maybe that'll pay off. Maybe the Lord will, will use that uh, in some way to bless them, to maybe bring them closer to him. Um, but yeah, beyond that, there's a yes to, we like to invite people into our home to share our family life with them. You know, that wasn't mm. something that I did when I first joined focus, I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's, one of the best. <laughs> and you got some kids too. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry so that. cute. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I just say that there's a yes to my vocation. Like, I, you know, I do have to put boundaries mm-hmm. uh, up to protect my time, you know, with my family and, and make sure that, you know, of course, my first commitment is to Christ. But then that second, so close of a second that's right in there is is to my, my wife and my, my kids. And um, something I've learned is actually like I am most effective when I kind of lean into my vocation Not that I'm always bringing students into our family life. But when we can do that, um, it's extremely impactful, you know, in a world where many people grow up with maybe missing a parent, you know, maybe through divorce or just a parent that's just like absent. Sure. Um, that we can, we can actually like witness our vocation. Not that we're perfect. We're far from it. Our house is messy. You know, I'm like, I'm looking at toys scattered around the floor, <laughs> but to invite a young man or young woman or together, a couple young men, a couple young women over a meal or for like a Bible study or a bonfire uh, or heck, you know, cigars on my back deck, you know, with a couple of guys, it. like to invite them into that. And they get to see, they, you know, sometimes they get to see the mess. They see the messy house or, you know, I've been, I've had guys over and, <clears throat> you know, a kid, poops on the floor, <laughs> you know, or just stuff like that. They see me where I'm like, Oh my goodness, what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, but they're like invited into that. And yeah, I've seen where those times, like the Lord really like uses that and not, it's not the thing that I calculate. It's a, it's just a space of like bringing people into the mess and sharing life with them that he uses. So just going off what you're saying there is really important. I'm glad you mentioned that because there, there really is a beauty in imperfection. And I would think that there's so many people who are like maybe turned off by what they think the Catholic church is or the Catholic yeah. faith that you need to have it all together, that you yeah. need to make it look like everything is great. But when you're just letting that imperfection be there and saying, it's okay. Like, you know, Jesus is going to meet you where you're at and you are loved as you are. And like, God has that plan for you. I, I just think it's such a great Testament. And I would think that so many students are just really enamored with that, 
Um, do you have like one particular example of someone who maybe was like really against the idea of Catholicism, but the more and more you ministered to that person, their heart really softened from that? Yeah, I can think of, you know, like, for instance, um, there's a guy, when I was at my old campus, when I was at George Mason, there's a, a guy who's a, a goalie on the soccer team mm-hmm. and uh, was raised Catholic, uh, but very much kind of like, very much just like worldly. You know, he was yeah. living in a house where they're smoking a lot of weed, uh, just having a lot of girls over, you know, had yeah. a new girlfriend very often. Uh, all indicators, like not super interested in the faith, like would, you know, sure. twist his arm to come to Mass. Uh, or give you know, some sort of incentive, like let's have breakfast and then go to mass together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd say I'd say over time, especially just through inviting him into like a friendship with other Catholic men who are striving, who maybe were a couple, who had maybe had similar thoughts, similar struggles, but like we're striving to to be more faithful, to be more free, especially from like drugs, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, sex, like having more like a a chaste life through like inviting him into that, not only with me, but with a couple other men, um, and doing stuff like having bond. Like we, one thing I would do with him and a couple other guys is like, we have Bible study, Mm -hmm. but it would always be to get him to come. It would always be around a fire and with cigars. It was, if I I knew if I had the fire and the cigars, he's coming. He would do it. It was worth it to like, make that happen week in and week out. And and through that time, you know, you see the gears spinning in the conversations. You mm-hmm. see, you know, him asking certain questions. And then, yeah, I mean, the year I left that campus, he came on a retreat when he finished his soccer season and just had a, a radical conversion and, mm-hmm. you know, basically started going to daily mass, going to confession. Um, that's one example. Praise God. Maybe another one I might want to just throw out, and this might be even closer to like recent. I just thought of mm-hmm. it as we were talking. Yeah. There is a, and I'm talking about athletes. I don't always work with athletes, but they stick out to me in my sure. memory. Yeah. So our first year we were, we were here in Cincinnati, and this is actually what happened about two years ago <laughs> this weekend. I met a guy, he was a senior pitcher on the baseball team, met him at, uh, one weekend at, at the end of like mass, he was leaving and he like, I'd never seen him before introduced myself to him. Uh, we had like a Thanksgiving dinner and I like, just totally just like kept inviting him like, Hey, like we have free food. Would you like to come? Oh, I'm really busy. I got stuff to do. Hey, come get a Turkey leg and then bring it home. Like just That'll come do it. and take something. So he comes and we have this like free Thanksgiving dinner after a Sunday mass he winds up staying for like 20 minutes, just eats with us. Hmm. Um, I make an invite like, Hey, we got some stuff going on. Like, would you want to be in the loop? Oh no, I'm good. Like not interested. Thanks. I don't see him again for like three months. He doesn't come to mass. Hmm. Nothing. Bounce into him again. Uh, in the new year, you know, three, four months later, run into him. I'm like, Tristan, where you been? How you doing, man? He's like, actually I'm having a really tough time. Hmm. So like, great, let's go get a beer. I knew he was like 22, not yeah. an issue. Let's go get a drink later this week, all right? That sounds great. Over a beer, he just, boom, unloads everything on me. Girl trouble, you know, mm. friendship trouble, all these things. He's like, do you have anything like I could come to mm. besides just getting drinks? Like, yeah, man, I have a Bible study. You want to come? 
yeah, I'll be there this week. Great. Comes the Bible study. Uh, We're doing salvation history, just walking through the Old Testament into the New, seeing how Jesus connects into all of it. Crazy, just a beautiful thing. And this is like something, you know, I, you know, as a missionary, I'm trying to have these good, you know, Bible studies, having diverse groups of people come in and, and, so there, there was a week we talked about confession. It was like, I think it was about David and like how David had to repent. And then just like for us as Catholics, we get the sacraments and we can repent. We can have ask God's forgiveness. And I'm like, ask for the grace to change our lives. And, and that you actually need to go to confession if you're in a state, not in a state of grace. If you have a mortal sin, you need to go to confession or in order to receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one week, he's just like, man, I just don't believe that. Like God, can, I, why can't I just go pray to God? Hmm. And, and the guys, you know, he was still pretty new. So no one, like no one shot him down. No one like attacked him or anything. Everyone's just like, huh? Okay. Interesting. Like, yeah. And just kind of let it sit there. So we go to the next week and we talk about the Eucharist some more and just break down, you know, the connections to, to the rest of salvation history. And I remember him being like, you know, I need to go to confession guys. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and one of the other athletes who was a swimmer is one of the guys that I mentored. Uh, his name's Zach. I was so proud of him. Cause he goes, I'm going to go next Tuesday. You want to come with me? And wow. Zach brought Tristan to confession for the first time. And I think it was like six years. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, you know, he, he graduated, he, you know, but finished up his college career going to mass and Bible study. And just could see like the trajectory he was on from like being in like a codependent relationship. Hmm. It changed. Thank you for sharing that, Anthony. And aspiring missionaries, right? Like maybe someone who has been involved in a Bible study on campus, someone who's familiar with focus, and maybe they are in the shoes that you were in years ago where they hear the term missionary, right? And they're like, well, no, I, (laughs) I can't. I can't do that. Like, it's just, it's not something that I would be able to do. What would you say to them? And what advice would you have for that person? Yeah, I think, I think I, I'm drawn to, you know, thinking about, yeah, St. Peter, you know, when he's in, in the boat and he sees our Lord walking on water. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I walk on water, <laughs> not at all. but like he sees the Lord and, and I just, you know, he says, you know, at your command, you know, I'm going to step out of the boat. And he's like, yeah, come out of the boat. And so I think like, if, yeah, you do have that attraction to be on mission and to do something, um, yeah, I'd say different with your life and to really give your life to the Lord, you know, for a few years, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully for your life in a, in a real sense, you know, sure. whatever you're doing. But um, that like, again, like what happens? Peter gets out of the boat and he's able to walk because of Jesus. Like Jesus gives him what he needs to walk and to be out there on the water with him. And, and also when he gets nervous, you know, when he loses sight of Christ or whatever happens that causes him to fall into the water, Jesus is there to pick him back up. Mm. And I think it's the same thing with, with being a missionary, whether it's like a full-time focused missionary or, or shoot, what we really also need is people to go out into the secular world, people who are, yeah, are going to be lawyers, doctors, you know, accountants who are going to be on mission as well but you need to step out of the boat yeah. yeah. and you need to trust that it's not just my effort. It's not just my character or my giftedness, but it's like Jesus is going to step into the gap because there's a gap that I actually can't fill on my own. Like he's going to step in. Um, 
But that doesn't mean that we just sit back passive and say, oh, you know, someone else will do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he, he invites all of us to follow him, to take up our, our cross and follow him. And he also, in Matthew chapter 28, you know, gives that great commission to go make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So whether, you know, I, I think that being a, a focused missionary kind of instills the habits and, and virtues and gives you that training to be like fully in mission for way more than 40 hours a week <laughs> and to really uh, develop the skills that like you will use in that, in that quote unquote real job. Mm-hmm. So the, the muscles that we work and we flex and we train, you know, in that two years on mission, or if you're like me and you're crazy and you do seven years, <laughs> um, I, I know that like, when the Lord calls me or invites me to the next thing in my life, you know, whatever that might be because of my experience on campus, because of the ways that I've been pushed outside of my comfort zone, I'm all the more yeah, confident and, and really competent in how to be really good friends with people mm-hmm. to build them, to invite them and in, yeah, into a relationship with Jesus and his church. And then to like yeah. build them up as disciples of Christ while still walking in my own like discipleship with him. Yeah, yeah. So, every I think everyone's called to be a missionary in some way. Well yeah, said. I, I like that. Yeah, but but it, I would also say like if you really want to, yeah, get uh, some intense <laughs> experience and training, but also yeah, great formation and and, and a great community. Um, yeah, this this can be a really great option. I mean, last thing I'd say is like when I joined. I only thought I would do two years. Like mm-hmm. I, I came out of nowhere. I didn't know any missionaries. I didn't do any conference and mission trip. I thought two years, I'm going to figure out my life. And that's it. <laughs> this time, and then out. See ya. Yeah. And I looked at married staff that are like me who like fundraised full time spouse didn't work. And I was like, these people are not like, what is wrong <laughs> with them? but then like I've seen, yeah, like this is a great thing for my family. Like to start our family life in this has been a huge blessing yeah. to, yeah. You know, the Lord has continued to bless our little yeses. And <laughs> I mean, we prayed. So, like, we were placed in Virginia for my first four years on staff. And my son was born this my third year on staff. So our third year in Virginia. That timeline is going to sound weird. But I want to say, like, my son, who's four years old right now, before he was born, my wife and I prayed that Focus could come back to Cincinnati. Hmm. And one of the reasons we're still here is because the Lord answered that prayer and gave us the opportunity to like make that a reality. So like we stuck around and then campus university of Cincinnati was going to open. And it's like, you know what, here's the chance we could leave and go do something else or like see what the Lord has answered our prayer and step up into another uncertain situation and, and see what happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, what other organization would I have had that opportunity, you know, yeah. and to leave a legacy for my kids. Yeah. Cause we're, I'll probably die in Cincinnati. Who knows? But like my kids might go to the school. Right. And I might've been able to start the program here. Who knows? Who knows? Don't want to be too presumptuous. We're in three years, three years here, but like I can leave a legacy for my children and for my supporters, children who are here. 
And that's like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So I get to see it a little bit closer than maybe some other people because it's closer to home here. Sure. But Again, it's, it's those little yeses. When you flex those spiritual muscles, you are able to yeah. say yes to the big things that God is preparing right. us for. So, right. well, yeah. from a practical standpoint then, Anthony, uh, if, yeah. if someone has made that decision that they're at least going to give it a try and apply to be a missionary, what's that first step? Should they go to focus.org? Focus.org. There's an online written application, if you will. Just fill that out. It's also a great way, good questions, just to reflect and fill out. Uh, it's not a commitment. And it's also just because you apply doesn't mean you're going to get it. Right. You know? so yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you go to step. seminary, doesn't mean you're going to become a priest, right? It's just sure. taking the no, next step. Like, and... You apply to seminary doesn't mean you're going to become a priest. <laughs> you know, you apply to it yeah. doesn't mean you're going to get in. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, but yeah, not to be afraid to take that that step, like take the step out of the boat. Because he's going to bless it. I mean, he'll bless that little yes. Maybe not in the way that you expect, but life with him is just better. Period. This is Truth Pop Unplugged. It's a great conversation there with Anthony Cirillo. He's a Focus missionary on campus at the University of Cincinnati. And again, Focus is all around the country and all around the world at this point. So if you have felt the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart a little bit to investigate this more and to... Well, maybe consider the possibility of a focused missionary. Or, you know, maybe you just have more questions about God, about your life, about God's plan, and you're not really sure what God's will is right now. I know that the folks at Focus would love to connect with you, and there's some good contact information there at focus.org. So focus.org, great place to start there. And again, I just want to encourage you to pray every single day. Uh, just be open. Say, God, you know, I don't know where you're leading me right now. I don't know what it is you want me to do, but what I am called to do is trust you today. That's some good advice from Father Mike Schmitz that has really helped me because <clears throat> I'll talk more about this in the next episode, but I was really at a loss when it came to my own discernment. I was very anxious for a long time, like three straight years. I just felt like God was leading me through the fog. And when I heard that advice from Father Mike that, you know, we're just meant to do what we're meant to do today. Like, we're not meant to know what's ahead. We're not necessarily meant to solve the world's problems in two years. But what we are called to do is to be faithful to the tasks before us right now. So uh, what he says is when we say yes to God's will in the moment right now, like maybe right now what we're called to do is just get up and call our mom and say hello or uh, maybe we're just called to do those chores or do the homework that you're assigned, whatever it is. When we're faithful to God in the small things, Father Mike always says that we're given the grace then to say yes to the big things when they come. So they seem less scary down the road when we're just so used to saying yes to the little things before us right now. So I hope that's some encouragement for you that, you know what, it's okay if you don't know what's ahead because, uh, yeah, I can relate to that for sure. And I can assure you of my prayers. If you ever do want to connect and reach out to us, we're here to talk on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always DM us there. Also hit us up through email if you prefer the traditional way. That's fine too. Uh, truthpopproductions at gmail.com. And always here for you to encourage you and just to remind you that God loves you. No matter where you're at right now, no matter what you're... What your uh, calling is right now, you have an amazing life in front of you, and God has an amazing plan for you. And I'm not just saying that, okay? You're on social? Cool. So are we. Connect with Truth Pop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is Truth Pop.